0: My name is Margaret Carey, and I'm here with Tinkerbell. That's right. Together, we make magic. I'm the original reference model for Tinkerbell, for Walt Disney, and Peter Pan. And you're listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane.
1: Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more, right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane.
2: Welcome to Episode 86 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we conclude my interview with Margaret Carey. Again, most Disney fans will know Margaret as the original live-action reference model for Tinkerbell, but there is so much more to her than that, as you will definitely hear in this episode. In Part 1, we talked about how she became Tink, some insights into who Tink really is, her memories of Walt Disney, and more. Now, in this episode, Margaret talks about some of Mark Davis's fine artwork, being the voice of one of the red-headed mermaids in Peter Pan, June Foray, getting into voiceover work. A salute to Hal Smith, a pretty funny story. Finding her birth family 50 years after she was adopted. Tinkerbell is Irish. Her favorite place in the world. Her second favorite dialect to do, behind Irish. A quick story about her being a literalist. Continental dialects. You may not be familiar with this term, but I guarantee you, you've heard it. Her upcoming book, Tinkerbell Talks, Tales of a Pixie-Dusted Life... A sneak preview at one of her stories from the book. If she could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why. What she never gets asked that she wishes people would ask her. Faith, trust, and pixie dust. What inspires her. Her advice to you for following your dreams. The importance of joining Toastmasters. And a rather non-traditional shameless plug time. We talked about more than that, but I couldn't possibly list it all. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story.
1: My name is Al.
0: And I'm Joyce.
1: And we're We're huge huge Disneyland Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth to share that passion with others.
0: That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news Some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions
1: and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make
2: make it 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 a Mickey Mickey Day.
1: day. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic
0: interesting thing about mark
1: okay
0: uh they have the commissary you've been on on the, the lot and this yeah. wonderful commissary which is uh levels everybody <laughs> <laughs> you know everybody stands in line and everybody waits and um the big uh, executive dining room i've been there twice and it's not my favorite place to go hmm. it's it's like not being at Disney's. It's like being at Perino's or, you know, a a fancy place. Uh But it's good for talking, I'm sure, and it's quieter. Anyway, when I was there about two or three times, uh, there were some fine art that was for sale, and it was put in the lobby, Mm -hmm. and it was framed. Lovely stuff. Uh, And one of them, I remember, must have been about Forty-two inches wide, and maybe eighteen inches high, with a lovely frame around it, and it was standing on a little easel for sale. And it it was uh, Mark Davis's fine artwork, and it was twenty dollars. Wow! And nobody bought it. Oh! And the other the others were two other artists.
2: Uh-huh.
0: I I think one of them was from one of the nine old men and one of them I didn't recognize. I never nobody bought the fine art.
2: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is amazing.
0: You'd think somebody would say, Wow, that's good.
2: Uh-huh. They didn't. Huh. Anyway. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> uh now you'd mentioned <clears throat> kind of in passing before about not just being the model for Tinkerbell, but you also you did the voice for the red-headed mermaid. I actually just rewatched the movie on Friday, I think it was. And there was actually two red-headed mermaids in there. Isn't
0: that the, I'm the one at the top?
2: That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, isn't it fun to watch it because we forget how funny it is? Yeah. When, when they played it to the big audience at a special theater over in London, when that 50th anniversary that uh-huh. I was telling you about. There were little kids, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, are they going to say... the laughter that <laughs> came through? You know, Mr. Smee and Captain Hook, and all, and the bo- Lost Boys. But you forget because it's really uh, how they did from Europe, and they did over Peter Pan. It's very dark. Oh yes. I mean, when you stop and think that Captain Hook had his hand bitten off by the (laughs) crocodile. Uh. But no, the audience sit there and laughed and laughed and laughed. And so I always try to remind myself that it's a very funny picture, too. It is. Besides an adventure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So how did you get asked to do that? Did you just kind of happen to be there? And they said, we need a voice for this. Mark just
0: called me up and said, would you like to to be... uh, do the reference work for uh, the Redhead Mermaid, and I knew that June Ferre was doing it. Uh-huh. And June is the voice of uh, Rocky with Rocky and Bullwinkle Moose. Right, and she's on the funniest recording that was ever made: <clears throat> Stan Freeberg's "The Dragonette." You oh, know, it was yes. taken off on the uh, Dragnet. I love where that. she says. She says it was awful. I'm the princess, and the 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 dragon breathed fire on me. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and she also my favorite role for her was the grandmother in Mulan. Yes. Betty, you should have brought home a man, which, which <laughs> is the final line in the movie. <laughs> I thought, anyway, <clears throat> so I said I'd love to, sure. And uh, Connie Hilton was the blonde. Okay. All right. And the archives didn't know her name. I was able to, I felt so big and so on the inside. <laughs> and then he said, and uh, would you like to do her voice? And I said, sure. So that's how I got it. I was on the inside already. June Ferre had done a couple of things for them. She said just a couple of little things, voice. Uh. And... Uh, you know that June Ferre had her own table at the Brown Derby?
2: I didn't know that.
0: At the Brown Derby in Hollywood. That's where my darling first husband um, courted me. Ha! Uh. <laughs> and there was the bar part where you could also eat. Mm-hmm. And then there was the dining room itself. <clears throat> and there was this little hallway good-sized hallway between the two. And June had the table right in the hallway, and over it was a caricature of June Foray. Uh And she had the telephone there, and the reason being that she lives way out in North Hollywood, West Hills, I mean way out, and she would get these calls from CBS to come and do this radio show or NBC... And so she, instead of going home after she'd finished what, it, she'd go to the brown derby, and the phone would be there, and they would call her there, and she "Y, yeah, yeah." She'd say, "Oh, CBS just called." And off she'd go.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> so anyway, back to the red-headed mermaid. Yes. So after we finished, uh, June was very upset uh, the last time I talked to her about it, because she remembered they had bound our ankles. So that we moved like mermaids, okay? And she didn't like that at all, but uh, everything else was just fine. She's, you know, June comes up to my chin. (laughs) And you're not a tall one. No, I'm five foot two. I would say she's about four foot ten. Wow, just a little dynamo. And uh, so we're talking the the three of us after we had finished this project, and one of us said wasn't that easy and we got to talking about it we realized that when you did voiceover Uh it was always in the afternoon because your voice was stronger okay you didn't have to put makeup on you didn't have to be your hair done you didn't care about your costume you didn't have to learn any lines because you were holding the script Uh uh-huh and if they didn't like the voice you just did another voice (laughs) And we got to thinking, and I was starting to raise my family. I had my first child, and I thought, Wow, that's the way I'm going to go. And so that's why I got out of, in front of the camera work, Uh before the camera work, and into voiceovers and uh, um, commercials and things like that. So uh, you remember the line that the mermaid says? We just went and you drowned her. <laughs> and my line, I remember, was, I don't remember whether I, I think we all said that line. I, I've forgotten who they, they used. But the, the other one was, Oh, Peter, we're so happy to see you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and So that's the one I remember.
2: <laughs> that's great. And was that was your first voiceover job then, right? Or had you done any...
0: Oh, I had, but I didn't think of it as voiceover, of doing uh, different voices, and see, I'd been on the radio a lot, lot but it, uh, or doing dialects, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, I started in doing dialects. Hal Smith, who was the drunk uh, Otis Campbell on the Andy Griffith Show, beloved man, he was also the announcer on the Charlie Ruggles show for five years. That's where I knew him. Okay. And he had all these fabulous... He and Paul Fries. But I wound up working mostly with Hal Smith. We stood across the microphone. Over 600 episodes we did across the same microphone. Wow. I, and he taught me dialects, and I taught him dialects. And it was... Um, that was one of the things that I just finished doing as a speaker. Um, I did a, a big show up in Ventura two weekends ago, and I told them I'm going to do something politically incorrect. <laughs> ooh! Yeah, they go ooh, and I said, and I told them about this is to salute Hal Smith because he he gave us, and we made up these two uh, dialects. And I'm going to, and this is the story that I told. Okay. There is a Mr. Twit and a Mr. Buffoon over in the UK and they are sitting on a curb doing nothing and suddenly Mr. Twit looks up in the sky and says, ''Oh, look up in the sky. What is that? Is that a balloon?'' Mr. Buffoon says, ''No, no, that's not. That's the sun.'' ''No, it's not. That's the moon.'' And they sit there arguing with each other whether it's the sun or the moon, and they look up and hear the Dowager Duchess is walking on the sidewalk towards them. And he says, "Ah oh, no, I'll ask her, Ladyship." So he pops up. He says, "Begging your pardon, your Ladyship." She says, "Yes, what is it?" <laughs> and he says, uh, "You see that 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 up in the sky there?" She says, "Yes, I do. What about it?" He says, "Is that the sun?" Or the man she says. "How should I know? I don't live around here." <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't do dialects anymore. You really, really don't. Uh-huh. It's just not politically, except Australian, New Zealand, and Australian is okay. <laughs> but you can't do Mexican. You can't. It's it's just absolutely. Politically incorrect.
2: <laughs> oh, how strange. Uh,
0: um, there's another one that, that I did, because I will tell you, uh, your listeners, I was adopted when I was three and a half, and lo and behold, I found my family 50 years later, and I found out I was Irish. Irish and Scottish, I sort of always knew it, but I found 48 of the wonderful people And I was an only child, raised an only child. So this was exciting. But all my life, uh, as an entertainer, when it seemed appropriate, I would tell this story. And it's about an Irish pub. It certainly is. They're over there in an Irish pub, and they're talking about diversity. You know, and one is saying, I don't know what, I, I don't think I'd like being born an Italian. And the other one says, I don't know. All the girls come around, the Italians. And they look over and they see Paddy sitting there. They said, let's go ask Paddy what he thinks. So he says, hi, Paddy. He says, what is it? He says, what would you be if you weren't Irish? Paddy says, I'd be ashamed. (laughs) 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 And I always told that story. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that in all the Tinkerbell movies, they always have Irish uh, music?
2: Now that you mention it, yeah, I hadn't always. About
0: that. She's Irish.
2: <laughs>
0: she is about as Irish as they come.
2: Yes, she is. <laughs> yes,
0: and until I say it to people, it's the same way of asking a person. Or they tell me about the Peter Pan movie and they liked it so much, or they saw the stage play and they liked it so much, and I say, and you have noticed, of course, that Mister Darling. And Captain Hook are the same character, right? And they go, no. <laughs> And it you know it's like I I I've, I've given them something new uh-huh. well I will give you something new. Uh people don't mention it but Mark Davis drew Mrs. Darling. Did he? Yes. Yes. He designed her and uh, so it was Ticklebill and Mrs. Darling. Oh. And people and she's wonderful in it. Mm-hmm. She is just absolutely wonderful. Watch the first scenes. When she goes right by her husband and softens everything. But watch her fingers. Watch what she does. It, uh, it's, it's magic. It is absolute magic when she's trying to f- fix his tie. I mean, you watch an, an artist, an animator, trying to do that. Amazing.
2: Wow, interesting. Yeah, I'm, now I have to go back and watch it again. It's Okay. <laughs>
0: Poor baby. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Faye will probably run it for you, and she will pat your forehead. Your sweet wife, Faye, will take care of
2: that. I'm sure she will. It'll be very thoughtful of her. <laughs> so, um, so with the the dialects and the accents and everything that you do, you've got so many of them. Do you have a favorite one? I'm going to guess Irish is way up there because of your Way heritage.
0: up there. <laughs> Any way others? Way up there. Well, I, I visited Ireland, and I urge everyone to go visit Ireland. It is a magical Disney place. It, uh, we sent photos back and some footage back to the, be processed here, mm-hmm. and the laboratory dulled down the green Because nothing could be that green. Not joking. It's an amazing place. I will warn you that when you ask directions and they say you can walk, forget it. (laughs) It's like 16 miles later. To them, that's a walk. (laughs) But it is is one of the most charming. It's what you're yearning for. And I'm talking about the Republic of of Ireland. I never got to the northern part. Okay. But I landed in Shannon on the west coast, and we got a Kia. That's the first time Mm -hmm. I ever drove one wonderful car. And we got a... uh, Be sure and get a, a... but a non-manual shift. What's automatic? Well, automatic. Thank you. <laughs> on the on the left side, because with you don't want to have to learn how to shift with your left hand. <laughs> but it's you 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 can't believe it. You just literally you've heard about it, but you cannot believe it. It's 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 still in your dreams when you've left. And I urge people to go and and see it. And it's set up for. We spent four fabulous days in Killarney, which is set up for um, um, visitors, tourists, but you'd never know it. It is so smooth and so cool. And right, you get into a a pony cart and they take you to the butler uh, house. The butler, um, he was the counselor to the queen. That was his title, the butler. But then he took it as his name. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, then there are three lakes. And, uh, you know, everything is just... And you expect to see Tinkerbell, (laughs) Waka. You just do. Uh I understand why they believe in fairies. It's the most amazing place. Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. But but I'm good at digressing, don't you think?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so where were
2: we? Uh, talking about dialects, and if you have a second favorite behind Irish,
0: um, I think British. It, it, it's which British want, of course. You know, British are wonderful. They talk down in their throat, and you'll say, "What did you say?" <laughs> you, oh, quick story. Yes. Um, I'm. I'm a literalist. When I see a sign that says, Slow Children, I expect Slow Children right, to be there. Right, you feel bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just expect to see them, you know. <laughs> I have no feeling, but but they're never there. When I see a, uh, you know, a, a storefront with a glass plate that says, has been painted on, it says, Huge Sale, Last Week. And I went in and said to the man... <laughs> How was the sale last week? He said, no, 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 this is the last. I said, that's not what it said. So I left him, you know, with a marker. <laughs> well, one of the things when I was uh, sent over to uh, on a celebrity show to Heathrow, okay. this very mixed-up Renaissance hotel, I, I mean, it, it was awful. We had the four astronauts there. Mm -hmm. We had the first man was Spacewalk, the Russian. We had all of these people I met. It was just, it was so Mm -hmm. great. But you couldn't get around unless you kept looking at the signs that were right angled to the wall and lighted. It was that much of a warrant. You couldn't find your way. And I was trying to get to a lobby. And I came on a sign that said, Disabled Toilet. <laughs> so I went and found the manager. <laughs> and, and, you know, and simply asked him, Would it have been easier to fix the toilet? Right? right. I've never had such a fun eight minutes as this terribly British gentleman <laughs> is trying to choose the correct words to explain to this stupid American woman, who you know, what it actually means. <laughs> and so. Anyway, I I got on the but the British accent changes every forty miles.
1: Mm. That's
0: your problem, right? It it really does. It's 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 very difficult. That's why um, Hal Smith and I came out with this one because there is no such dialect over there. But you would choose it immediately to say that was the UK but you can understand everything that I say.
2: Right. Right? Right. Uh,
0: we had to do that a lot.
2: So, so you don't necess- wouldn't necessarily do the actual authentic dialect, in some cases, because it couldn't be understood. You would do something that sounded enough like it, people knew what it was, but they could understand it.
0: Exactly. We had a, uh, a dialect director who was brand new on one series, and he wanted a French dialect. And I said, So what, what kind? He says, Oh, I want a real French. Said, All right, I would be more than happy to talk with you with a real French. He said, I can't understand you. <laughs> and I said, I know. So he says, Well, tone it down. So I tone it down a little bit. And he said, Well, did you, you know, kind of. No. So I said, You know what you want? You want a continental accent oh. that is foreign enough. But no one knows really where it comes from. (laughs) He says, that's what I want, French. (laughs) 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 But you learn these things, you know.
2: Right. But we've talked a couple times about your book for a little bit. And at the time I release this, it's going to be coming out pretty soon. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Well, it's a book that I started, I think, 14 decades ago. Yeah, at least it seems that. <laughs> right. If you ever start a book, anybody, don't tell anybody you're starting a book because I have the dearest people who come to me. I could hardly wait for your book. And my answer is, neither can I. <laughs> kind okay. of thing. It's called Tinkerbell Talks Tales of a Pixie Dusted Life. It has 84 chapters in it, most of them are about three pages, and it's storytelling of how I was adopted and started to work at Warner Brothers and what happened and how I got into television with uh, um, Klaus Landsberg, who started television really here. But they're fun stories. They're beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay. And then, uh, so there's six parts to it in which Margaret learns how to do this or whatever it is. And and part four is all about Disney. And part five is the Andy Griffith show, The Lone Ranger, the um, TV shows that I did, the radio shows that I did, and other things like I was in a production company, the animation production company, and this man came in. Uh, and his name, my, I am dorky. And, I, of course, I didn't believe that. And he says, he says I, I'm, with, I'm with Funkadelic. What? Well, it turns out that he needs uh, seven minutes of animation, and he needs it in ten days because George Clinton is in town, and they're going to do a big concert at the shrine. I had never heard of funk before in my life. I had never heard of George Clinton Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So because I, where I was working, <clears throat> they had a certain process that we could turn it out for. Okay. Uh, we got it done st- about 12 hours before it was to be shown. Wow. I never did see it, as a matter of fact. I gave them a green print, meaning that it had never been run before.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: I told my boss at the time, I said... Uh, because it's a concert, they cannot give us a check by law. Because concert people, not that there's anything wrong with them, but they're here today and gone tomorrow to the uh. next tour. So you have to give cash or a uh, cashier's check.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or I've forgotten something else.
2: But Maybe you a money order. Uh, something like I, that. I,
0: I can't remember, but cash was was our deal. Okay. So I said, don't give him this film until you get the $3,000 to finish the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not listening to me. <laughs> I said, this is a concert tour, so, you know. Sure enough, I come back in the afternoon, and I said, did they like it? That- well, we never, we never ran it. I said, you're kidding. <laughs> I hope it won't get stuck in the projector. <laughs> anyway, I figured the Shrine Auditory would do a lot to take care of it. Right. Um, so I said, and you got the cash. Well, he didn't have it with him. Yes. So uh, anyway, so the next morning I figure I have to go over where their office was. Now, I know that these are nice people. Mm-hmm. I'm really not worried about it. It's just how to grab a hold of them when they're packed up. and So I go uh, to the Sunset Strip. Most people don't know that the why all the tours and the concerts go there is that they only have to, um, only the county licensing prevails. Mm. The city does not license them. So they only have to work with one license of how they do all of it. Okay. And so they rent these places. They go in and rent five rooms and the whole beat-up desks and so on and so forth and then use them and then leave them. Mm. And um, so... I, we we couldn't find a parking place. My son is with me, big hefty guy. And uh, so he parks out in front by the fire plug and sits in the car and I have to walk down the hall and ask somebody for Mr. I Am Dorky. <laughs> 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 and so he, he said, uh, he says, no, he's he gone Philly. Gone Philly. I said, oh, you know. He says, what you want? I said, well, I'm, I'm the one who produced the uh, animation that you had on. You, the little mama, that done that. You, we love it. We love it. You stop the show. You stop the show. It was just great. Hey fellas, come here. Meet the little mama. You know, I'm standing there. I swear they were all nine feet tall, and they had afros that they couldn't go through the door straight. They'd have to turn sideways. And so there's this hubbub, and I'm thinking, how do I? Well, what you want? And I said, well. Uh, Mr. Dorky was supposed to give three thousand dollars before you know to finish the payment. He says, "Oh, well, I can't, I can't do that for you, you know, kind of thing." And then the door opened, and this very handsome man stepped out with all these dreadlocks down to his waist. It was George Clinton. He said, "What's going on?" So they tell him what's going. On. You, the little lady, that did that? <laughs> and, and I said, yeah. He said, "We loved it, you know, kind of thing." He said, "What you here for?" So I told him. He says, "Give it to her. Give it to her." So the the man sitting behind the battered-up desk pulls out the middle drawer, and there are rolls of bills with rubber bands around them. And he says, that one looks about right.
1: He <laughs> picks it up
0: and hands it to me like this. I said, thank you, thank you very much. You know, And, and George Clinton says, we like it so much, give it $300 more. So they handed me $300, which I did not give to my boss. <laughs> but there are stories like that in the fifth part. In the sixth part, it's um, I Lost My First Husband, and I found a wonderful second husband, and then the celebrity shows, how I went there, and my, 85th, my 80th birthday, and the star on the Walk of Fame. Wow. So it's that kind of a book with about 150 pictures in it, and uh, it's just fun. You can pick it up, read a chapter, and put it down. Because I am a storyteller,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and I'm an entertainer. Thank you for asking. So it's called Tinkerbell Talks, Tales of a Pixie Dusted Life, and they can keep track of it on my website, tinkerbelltalks.com. And that's the name of, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, they have an organization that they want me to speak at. I love it. I love it. I'm um, working with um, going to the VA and doing some um, visiting there and some shows over there, and I'd forgotten how much I enjoy that. So if and I also um, am flying back to Asheville, North Carolina, to do a Christian show, okay. Uh, I will uh, rush and tell you that everything I do is clean, <laughs> like my mother is looking over my shoulder at all times. <laughs> Oh, that was interesting. This is an aside. You can edit this out if you like. But one time I was accosted by a man who just looked sort of out of it, you know. And he was, I mean, he had me hemmed hemmed in, and -hmm. there was no one around. (laughs) And he says, well, we'll see what we're going to do, little lady, you know, kind of thing. I looked up, and I said, you do anything wrong, and I'm going to tell your mother. (laughs) He said, What? He dropped his hand and he ran. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the power of
2: motherhood. Right.
0: But he didn't know that I didn't know his mother. Sure. <laughs> you know? uh, it's, it was a great phrase I'll tell your mother. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, back
2: to the. Your life. Sure. So, a few kind of questions to bring sadly this to a close. Ah. I know. Uh, if you could have had or could have now any job working for the Walt Disney Company in any area of the company, thing you just can't be like emperor of Disney. <laughs> but short of that, you can even make something up if you want. What would you want to do?
0: Oh, that would be uh, archives and facilities, those new buildings. I love mm. architecture. I love to know what is going on with... Uh, why they're building this here and what, what they're doing and you've been inside some of what they do with the architecture and I'd like to be an insider on the plans of what the buildings and over in Shanghai oh I just think that would be wonderful uh, and the archives uh, matches it because a lot of it, it it goes back and forth but Becky Klein has been my dear friend for many many years along with Dave Smith and we laugh and giggle over things that are left in the... And I love history. So, absolutely, without hesitation, I understand that it's in the newspaper, and Becky said yes, um, that the Riverwalk, DreamWorks, and Disney Studios, which are uh, imaginary, which are right across the street from each other, mm-hmm. are working with the state of California... To have a river walk, Uh, they have something of a river walk right now, but they're going to fix it up. I also understood that part of the contract, uh, when Disney bought the acreage to have the creative campus where Imagineering is now, and where they were for, what, 45 years, they leased, but now they own it, Uh that you know that that was the original airport for Los Angeles. No,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Do you remember the P thirty eight? You've seen pictures of them. They have oh, yeah. two fuselages. Uh-huh. That's where they were stationed, uh-huh. right there at Grand Central. And the uh, the tower is still there, and the building, the brick building with the tower, and they're going to turn it into a museum. Oh, that's! Wonderful. I'm so excited. I that's that's the one I'm I'm sort of, with my shoulder trying to see whether I can be at least a volunteer part of it. Right, and then. The other thing is I'm a volunteer over at uh, Griffith Park Uh to Walt Disney's barn. You've been there, of course.
2: I've been by it. I've never actually been able to make it on a day when it's open.
0: You know it's the only Disney event that's free?
2: Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Is that?
0: But I'm a volunteer there, and I love the history of it. Mm -hmm. I love the trains. Uh, So when you say, where would you be, and I call up. Bob Iger. Let me tell you a story about Bob Bob Iger quickly. sure. I was at the Legend's Luncheon when he came on board, and they handled it so well. Uh, Who was announcing, you know, uh, a cook and all the rest of it. It it was really, really nice. Nobody was the big high muckety-muck. But I I knew that Bob Iger didn't know people Mm -hmm. because he hadn't been there. It wasn't like that he grew up there and knew all the... Sure. So he's talking to the lady sitting next to me, and she's the first ambassador. And she, so they had a lovely okay. conversation. And he came to me, and I had told him who I was. And he said, I'm so happy to meet you. I'm, I'm new here myself. But, and I said, <laughs> yes. And uh, Tinkerbell is, it will hold it all together for you. He said, by the way, there's a new book out, Jeff Kurty's book. And Tinkerbell has two or three pages in it. It's a wonderful book. If you can't find it, you call over at the office and I'll see that you get one. And I thought, once again, the head of the studio. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: I say that the studio is the second happiest place on earth. I feel it when I step over that, walk into that, uh, um, where the gate is. Mm -hmm. It's just It's there. It does it for you. And they care. Yeah. So anyway, those are some of my stories.
2: Very nice. Uh, And you tell a lot of stories. You get asked to speak a lot of places and do interviews and things. Is is there anything ever that you don't get asked that you wish someone would ask?
0: I wish they would ask me uh, more on um, uh, raising children.
2: Like advice or stories yeah, about the Yeah, and okay. stories.
0: I, I, I'll only give advice through stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, when you say the Good Samaritan. Right. Everybody, that's all you have to say. You know the story. But if you go, well, there was a road, and there was a monkey, and there was this, and there was that. And, nah, it's just <laughs> the Good Samaritan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also wanted to say and you ask me a question something else i would like to do a lot more speaking i mm-hmm. really would at 85 <laughs> the last place i spoke i tap danced of course of course right i did to the andy griffith music i got a standing ovation <laughs> love to do it for other people cuz i still love to tap dance but i would like to say when you have the slogan or the motto i guess with tinkerbell mm mm-hmm. It is so strong if you really stop and think about it. I would love people A, to get the unabridged James M. Berry book and really read it and read it to your children. That's important. And B, think of faith and trust and then a whole lot of pixie dust and what those words mean in your life. They're pretty powerful but we sort of Toss them around like, eh, it's fun. But it is pixie dust if you have faith and trust. You have your own. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I'd like them
2: to know. Good. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm glad that you had a chance to do that. What inspires you?
0: This sounds mundane, but life. It's the most amazing thing at my age to sit and watch people whom I've known for years grow turn the corner, become the person that they want to be. Mm. I tell you, that's the most exciting thing in the whole wide world. And when people approach their um, decade, they start to get antsy. You can watch it. And they want to do something. They want to move. They, want, they don't know what it is. They don't know that they're turning the corner to become the person that they really are yearning to be. And at my age, I get to sit and watch it, <laughs> which is really, really neat. And as a doctor told me once, I, you know, I worked at USC Medical Campus trying to go straight for four years. It didn't work. <laughs> ah. um, but he said, you realize that every cell in your body uh, that you had as a baby, you don't have anymore. I went, what? He said, you are a new creature. All the time. Hmm. And that is exciting to me because everyone can become that person they want to be.
2: Great. And that's a perfect lead-in to... I know I have listeners who uh, have expressed this to me, so uh, I, I know that there are ones who are in this very situation where they used to have a dream of some kind. They had something they really wanted to do maybe it was you know to be in animation or voice acting or work for Disney or you know any number of things. But they've forgotten it. They were told that it's dumb and they can't yeah, you know, they shouldn't even try to pursue it. Or just things have gotten in the way. And so they've eventually forgotten it or just pushed it aside and figured it's never going to happen. What advice would you have for that person?
0: Well it's the same advice that I have for singers who, you know, are working their way. or writers, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. The thing I think really works with me is you have a dream, and you have a little box, and every day you look at that dream, and you drop a nickel in, and so you're investing in that dream. That keeps it going in your head. But that dream to start with is not your master or your mistress. It's your hobby. Okay. Okay. With your hobby, you could go and sit down and play uh, those games for eight hours and think nothing of it, right? Mm -hmm. right? But if your hobby is writing short stories, you give yourself permission to go have fun. And then you keep learning and learning. Second thing is, after you do that, you start immersing yourself in the industry that you're interested in. Find a writing group. Find a writing group. I went to two writing groups that were so serious. I mean, I walked I walked home practically <laughs> with my head <laughs> held down. And, and so it was not my writing group. Okay. My writing group, I had to search further. I had to search for a happy one because, as you can tell, uh, this is what I do. Right. The difference was amazing. Huh. Thirdly, join... Toastmasters, it is vital. They're the most wonderful people in Toastmasters. You can see yourself improve week by week, and you're having a ball while you're doing it. And in Toastmasters, you can talk about your dream, and there are people there who will back you up. And you get to Toastmasters, you go on the Internet, toastmastersinternational.org, And they will give you give your uh, zip code. You find the clubs that are there. It's very inexpensive. I mean, really inexpensive. And you you go and visit this one and that one because they all have their own personality. Right. But I have seen more people blossom and do what they wanted to do because they were a Toastmaster and learn how to be in control. There's a saying that I love. It's what you can't communicate that really runs your life.
1: Mm.
0: So learn how to communicate your dream. Learn how to tell exactly what you want to say. Learn how to give um, point by point and not a lot of words around it, if necessary. Mm -hmm. I know a young man who needed a job really in a hurry. I mean, he did. And... um, found out that this place was interviewing, they were going to train people. But it was three weeks. He went to the first person, then he was going to go to the second person. He went to the first person, and he listened to the man interviewing him, and he thought to himself, this is table topics from Toastmasters. So he did table topics. This man said, if you got a minute, there's a guy down the hall I think I'd like you to meet. So he goes down the hall. Same thing, he sits down. And he said, in his heart, it's table topics. I know how to do this. I know how to give him the right answers and interesting answers. Uh-huh. And he wasn't pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. He was just doing And the two of them said, uh, I know it's late, but you have a couple more minutes? He got the job that day because he could be in control. He wasn't sweating. He wasn't doing And He knew how to communicate. And Toastmasters is one of the... Most interesting, I'm putting a, a forum in the back of my book for it because I want everybody to join it. Wow. The, Toastmasters wants you to be better. Most of the clubs you join is you're supposed to help this person or help that person. or That's not Toastmasters. Hmm. We want you to become this incredible person who is in control and able to speak. And the second part is that they will teach you leadership and the third part is you will meet the best people you ever met.
2: <laughs> That's great. I love that. that I, I love how practical that is. And there's actually a Toastmasters group nearby where I live oh, that I've been interested join. in. You've got to join.
0: So. You've got to join. There's a young man that, that I know you're turning this off, but there's a young man whom I've known forever who wouldn't listen to anybody. He's 60 years old now. And he says, I'm a loser. And I said, you won't listen to anybody. Your folks are dead, you know. But I'm 85, so I'm telling you what to do. (laughs) Uh, Shh. Telling you what to do. I gave him $25, and I said, go join a Toastmaster Club. But go join a (laughs) Toastmaster Club. I don't want to hear from you until you have. Uh, It turns out he's one of the best speakers you've ever heard. He's gone into, um, what do they call it? Not improv, but open mic. Oh, yeah. Open, open mic. He's on YouTube now. He's got hits. Doing fantastically well as a person. He has uh, 40 people who just think he's the best thing that ever happened since the trial test of the book Cornbinder.
2: <laughs> you know? Uh-huh.
0: Where do you find that? You find it at Toastmasters.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Incredible. That's
2: fantastic.
0: You're going to turn well, that thing off?
2: I'm. We're going to wrap up right now with the I last we thing. Well, nope. Faye, <laughs> tell him
0: to wrap it up.
2: <laughs> this is the last thing. Okay. And it's just kind of, and it actually is kind sure. of a wrap up. because this. I is, thought oh, I
0: gave you three of them already, <laughs> so you can use what you like.
2: <laughs> That's right. Well, it's just kind of a chance to, uh, it's what we call shameless plug time here on the show. Shameless plug time. This is the chance to... You know, give people one more time a reminder about the book. You know, if they can connect with you online, just anything like that that you want people to know.
0: I guess the shameless the plug time that I would say more than anything else. And since I will have a book, and I think it's Valentine's Day in February, so okay. that's really close. Yes. It might be my birthday on May 11th, Mother's Day, but <laughs> <laughs> but somewhere in there, anyway. But my joy would be to to talk with people, to entertain them. And there is no place that I can find where somebody has a list. It's an individual thing, and I think about how I suffered when I was program chair in about four different organizations <laughs> and who do I get and, and what do I say. And I take honorariums, mm-hmm. you know, Uh because I, I enjoy this. I'm thrilled. And because of Walt Disney, because of Mark Davis, because of Tinkerbell, people are interested in what I have to say. And dang, I'm Irish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Margaret. I appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun.
0: It has been a lot of fun. And uh, Faith Trust and Pixie Dust?
2: Absolutely. Oh, okay. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Margaret Carey for being my guest, and to you for listening. Next time, we go back to some music, this time with the extremely talented pianist, arranger, and composer, Tom Amin. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 150,000-plus audiobooks as your free trial, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com audible for your free audiobook. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing or performing music like next week's guest is, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic or had any special Disney experience you want to share, or give a compliment or a thank you for anything Disney or any of the people who've worked for Disney has done, I'd love to hear from you too. For any of these, email me at podcast@storiesofthemagic.com at or call the listener feedback line at 734-23story and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It only takes a couple of minutes, and it's really helpful. In fact, if you've been listening to this show, and you've thought, wow, you know, there's some people that I'd really like to be able to uh, hear what Margaret had to say, leaving a rating and a review is a great way for you to follow through on that, because if you do that, then more people will find out about the show, and more people will get to hear Margaret's stories. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. For example, once Margaret's book is out, there will be a link to that in the show notes for this episode. It's not out quite yet. There's been a bit of a delay, like I mentioned kind of in passing in the intro for the previous episode. Uh, It should be out later in 2015, though. When it is, I'll have a link up so that you can get to it through the show notes here to buy it, and we'll do that follow-up interview with Margaret that I mentioned. Please like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other
1: stories. But this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at com, or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website Magic com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.